You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, January 30th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. High winds swept Sitka on Monday, causing electrical outages and traffic hazards due to fallen trees. At least two downed trees were reported blocking roadways Monday morning. In an interview with KCAW, Fire Chief Craig Warren said that crews cleared a tree blocking traffic in the 1400 block of Halibut Point Road by 3 p.m. Another tree blocking traffic in the 1200 block of HPR was also cleared by press time. The pedestrian seawalk east of the Sitka Sound Science Center remains closed due to a fallen tree. No major roadways were blocked as of press time. National Weather Service meteorologist Andrew Park said that high winds around the regions have caused hazards, with gusts as high as 105 miles per hour and sustained winds of up to 60 miles per hour. In Sitka, gusts peaked at 67 miles per hour. A weather service buoy at Cape Edgecombe, southwest of Sitka, recorded 35-foot seas, which Park says is anomalous. Park said that he expects the wind to have subsided overnight. So the the lows currently you know hitting the coast and dissipating. Um, looking at the buoys, pressure is coming up and the winds are subsiding on the buoys. So good sign that you know things are going to start decreasing. Looking at guidance, Park said that winds are likely to return on Wednesday, although they won't be as powerful as they were on Monday. And we have a, a pretty you know pretty nice storm coming south of us, and that'll increase the winds out of you know northerly winds out of the inner channels um, and some snow up north. You can find a link to report downed trees and other weather-related damage to the National Weather Service on our website, kcaw.org. The Forest Service shut off the well at Starragavin last week after users reported changes to the water. The Forest Service installed a new pump at the well site this fall to increase water flow. The project was funded through the Great American Outdoors Act and cost around $167,000. Since then, according to a Forest Service press release, well users have been reporting changes like cloudiness and odor. During that time, water samples have been compiled with the Alaska Department of Environmental Conservation testing requirements, but out of an abundance of caution, the Sitka Ranger District Office has submitted samples for more extensive testing and will continue to investigate the changes. The well will be closed until further notice. Cruise ships dumped more than 3 million pounds of trash in Juneau's only landfill during the 2019 tourist season. In 2022, the city and cruise lines signed an agreement to reduce those numbers. That agreement went into effect last summer. But did it work? KTOO's Clarice Larson finds out. About 250,000 pounds of trash made its way from cruise ships to Juneau's landfill last summer. That might sound like a lot, especially considering that the landfill is only projected to last another 20 years. But that amount is down from over 3.3 million pounds dumped in 2019. Juno Tourism Manager Alex Pierce says the reduction, which came despite record numbers of cruise passengers, is groundbreaking. It's over a 90% reduction, which is what we were going for with the agreements. What we're doing is exciting, and it takes a lot of collaboration and coordination. But we're making real change in our community Waste Management, the company that operates the landfill, says it takes in about 100 tons of trash daily, which means all of the cruise ship trash this year amounted to just over a day's worth of normal trash in Juneau. In 2019, cruise ships dumped about 16 days' worth of trash. Pierce says the trash agreement is one step the city has taken in recent years to better manage tourism impacts. Reducing waste was one of the commitments the city's Visitor Industry Task Force recommended back in 2020. The agreement asked cruise lines to eliminate offloading bulky and oversized items into the landfill. 
We've been hearing for years that cruise ships are dumping things like mattresses and furniture in our landfill, and that's really problematic. We don't want to see that in an islanded community from a waste perspective like like we have. According to Renee Reeve, a spokesperson for Cruise Line International Association Alaska, the organization has wanted to reduce trash left in Juneau since 2019 when it became aware of how much cruise ships were contributing to the dying landfill. She says the agency is pleased with the results. This is something that isn't done in necessarily other places in the world. And it was kind of a first of its kind. And I think the ability of the industry and the community to work together is extremely important as we address, you know, tough, tough issues together. Reeve says the trash that used to get left in Juneau is now likely going to the ports where the cruises started, Seattle, Vancouver, and Victoria. This year, Juneau's first cruise ship will come on April 9th. It will be Juno's first season with a limit of five large ships per day, another agreement the city negotiated with cruise lines. In Juno, I'm Clarice Larson. A Chilkat robe is returning to southeast Alaska after spending the last 70 years in a Seattle private collection. Five private donors bought the robe for $39,000 and donated it to the Sea Alaska Heritage Institute in Juno. KHNS's Jen Shelton reports. When Dr. Catherine Bunmarcuse, a curator at the Burke Museum in Seattle, learned that a rare Chilkat robe was for sale at the NBA Seattle Auction House, she knew she had to do something to help the robe find a proper home. She consulted with three native weavers who urged her to find a way to keep the blanket out of a private collection. Lily Hope was one of the weavers who offered Bunmarcuse feedback and support of the robe's acquisition. A lot of the blankets that are in private collections um, are either top secret, very well cared for, but not available for weavers who are learning um, about the art form, um, not available for us to view. Hope is a clinket weaver and teacher in Juneau. She teaches traditional weaving to 60 students. 19 of her students finished a child-sized Chilkat robe last February. In researching this story, I'd heard the donation referred to as both a robe and a blanket. I asked Hope which one was right. She said some people say, it's not a robe because it doesn't have sleeves. And other people say, it's not a blanket because you don't put it on a couch. She said both names are right and both are wrong. I think about Chilkat blankets as ancestors. I mean, they were made, who knows, 100, 200 years ago. So, um... Yes, I speak about robes as ancestors, and I speak about current ones that are being in progress or being made now um, as the weaver participating in bringing a new being to life. Right? It's, it's like giving birth to a human, but we are surrendering to allow this being to come through our hands. The blanket sold at auction holds local and cultural significance to the Chilkat Valley because it is one of just a handful of robes that has the same design of the first robe traded from the Simshim to the Chilkat Clinkets in Kluckwan. While often called Chilkat blankets, the art form was originally developed by the Simshim people. The Clinket people of the Chilkat Valley did not start practicing and mastering the art form until they received a blanket from the Simshim people through trade. Chilkat weavings differ from other weavings because they contain curvilinear shapes like ovoids, which are demanding and time-consuming to master. Bun Marcuse of the Burke Museum approached five private donors, who together came up with $39,000 to purchase the robe. 
In the end, the blanket would not stay in Seattle, but would instead go to Sea Alaska Heritage Institute in Juneau, a private nonprofit dedicated to perpetuating all the native cultures of Southeast Alaska. Representatives from the Chilkat Indian Village did not respond at press time to questions about the acquisition of the robe by Sea Alaska. One of the donors, Bob Moore, said he didn't hesitate when Bob Marcuse approached him and his wife about purchasing the robe. He said $39,000 is a reasonable price for a robe that takes at least a year's worth of effort to complete. He said that he and his wife understand that many historic items that are in non-Indigenous hands have found their way there by means of exploitation, while others were outright stolen. And we've come to appreciate just how important uh, these robes are to uh, the Native people of Southeast Alaska and how much it means to them to have these pieces that were created by their ancestors in their uh, uh, current efforts to revive their culture, which was frankly suppressed by missionaries in the U.S. government for decades. And it's coming back so strong. It's just an amazing thing to see. And we're so happy that we can do something to contribute to that. Hope, the Juno-based weaver and teacher, is excited for the blanket to arrive at Sea Alaska Heritage. She said she can't wait to turn the blanket over and learn its secrets. The back of the blanket is where the magic is and where weavers can learn the most. The way that the curvilinear ovoids are constructed in the finger-twined textile, um, on the front they look almost hand-painted because of the braids, but on the back, they are stepping over almost pixelated like a Minecraft uh, block. It's very, very cool. With the return of the blanket to Alaska, Hope said she is grateful to have access to another handwoven teacher. She and several of her students plan to attend a ceremony at Sea Alaska to welcome the blanket and to, as the organization wrote, bring the spirits back to life. For KHNS, I'm Jen Shelton. Taking a look at the community calendar. When filing for 2024 Alaska Permanent Fund dividends, Sitkins are encouraged to consider donating to the 27 Sitka-based nonprofits participating in the Pick, Click, Give program. The deadline to apply is Sunday, March 31st at pfd.alaska.gov. For information on the donation program, go to pickclickgive.org. Registration for City League Co-Ed Recreational and Competitive Volleyball is now open at recreation at cityofsitka.com. First games will be held on Sunday, February 4th. For more information, email recreation at cityofsitka.org or call 907-747-4031. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.